Do y'all want me to pray so that you have times to go sit down? Okay. Let me pray. Gracious Lord. Wow. We are sometimes so afraid and so dismayed, but we believe in this good news. So we are going to uh, put a stake in that this morning, God, that you have a word for us. So my prayer is that our busy, busy minds would be stilled, that your spirit that is within each of us would be awakened, and that we would hear your word for us this day. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So if I was to ask you, what do you think are the most common fears for people in this country, I wonder what you would say. I'm not talking about the fear of something bad happening to you or the fear of a certain animal becoming extinct. I'm talking about fears of things that you see or you experience. Well, believe it or not, the top fear is public speaking and the second is heights. So I personally am grateful that I have neither as I cannot control how tall I am or that this is my calling to speak publicly. But after that, you've got bugs and snakes, drowning, blood or needles, claustrophobia. Any nods in here for any of those? Cockroaches? Do you know what almost made it to the top 10 though? Cholrophobia, the fear of clowns. So I want all of you grandparents and parents to keep that in mind the next time you're planning a birthday party and you think it would be so amusing to bring a clown to that. In scripture, whenever an angel appears before a human, we see that they are filled with fear. They are, they're scared, they're terrified. And often, you know, what is the first thing that the angel says? Fear not or do not be afraid. So we've been looking at these different angel encounters in our Christmas story. And our first Sunday in Advent, Stacy talked with us about the song of the angel to Zachariah and how it was just too good to be true. And then the next week I looked at the angel song to Mary and this, this overwhelming no, this news that you have been favored by God. And then last week, I hope you were all fortunate enough to come to our music Sunday where we literally heard the angels' song in person. And today, we are going to look at the angels' song to a first-century Jewish carpenter, the human that God chose to be the earthly father of the Savior of the world. We're going to be looking at the angels' song to Joseph. Feel free to follow along with me. Hear now the word of our Lord. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her womb is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, 
the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And I want to read two more verses that aren't going to be up on the screen because I think they're so important. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So how many of you were, or maybe still are, into watching a soap opera? I need everybody in the room to be honest, including the men. I remember my father got engaged in one of those. Um, Or reality TV now, right? I have to tell you that this text is better than any reality TV show or soap opera I have ever watched. I mean, we have a couple. They're engaged to be married, and then the woman suddenly becomes pregnant from someone else, and then the man decides he will handle the situation quietly so that no one knows. Sounds like Days of Our Lives or The Bachelor to me. For those of you who have been thinking, gosh, I don't know about going to Advent 4 and Christmas Eve again. These Christmas stories are just getting old and boring. Trust me. Keep reading. Our scriptures are filled with stories of scandal and drama. And let's face it, all of us have a little bit of drama in our own lives. So for first century Jewish people, marriage was wholly different than it is today. First, marriages were arranged within the same clan by two fathers, okay? The fathers of two children who were like 10 years old. Any 10-year-olds out there ready to get betrothed? Second, once arranged, you were considered engaged or betrothed, minus uh, a diamond ring, the party put on by your parents' friends, a social media post, and, and oh yeah, minus even having hit puberty. During the betrothal stage, the couple did not live together or have sexual relations. Honestly, they probably didn't have much of a relationship. It was during this time that the two fathers worked on the financial side of the marriage. Now that is a similarity with today's weddings. It cost a lot of money. Well, that is if you were the father of a son. And this is the deal. The father of the groom had to pay the father of the bride what's called a mohar. And a mohar is literally the price of the bride. It is what was deemed the daughter's worth. And so during this time, the father of the groom was figuring out how to financially afford the mohar. So before our story today picks up, Joseph and Mary's father's They had arranged their marriage, and they're at this betrothal stage. An angel visits Mary, and then suddenly, she is carrying the Savior of the world in her womb. She has to tell Joseph. So you can imagine the conversation between Joseph and Mary. Keep in mind, Mary's somewhere between 13 and 15 years old. They meet on a dusty street at night, so no one can see them. There's no street lights, much like Austin, so it's very dark. (laughs) Joseph is thinking, oh, she must really like me. I mean, she wants to see me outside of what's appropriate. And then Mary says, um, Joey, we have a little bit of a problem. You see, this angel appeared to me last night and told me I'm favored by God. And the next thing I know, bada boom, bada bing, 
I'm pregnant. And Joey's like, are you talking to me? Uh, this This can't be our story. And so he has to make a decision. It's telling, though, that the scripture does not give us any dialogue between Mary and Joseph. The the authors keep it really to the facts. And so these are the facts. We know that Joseph somehow finds out that Mary is pregnant, right? And we know that he goes to sleep. And we know that he goes to sleep because in verse 24, it tells us that he wakes from sleeping. And so before he falls asleep, though, I have to imagine that his mind begins to race. You know how it is when you can't fall asleep at night, you play in your shopping list, you, you role play your conversation you need to have with your boss or your ch- teenage child. Um, imagine Joseph's thought process that night. And this is what I think, it, this is what I think it might've been a little bit like, she can't be serious, can she? Something called the Holy Spirit did this? No, 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 no. I saw how my brother James looks at her. My brother, could he have done this to her? What if if she's been running around with some Roman? What do I believe? Can I ever trust her again? No, I can't. But I certainly can't let her be the talk of the town either because then I will also be the talk of the town. That's it. I will plan to let my father know that this marriage simply cannot happen. It is the only way for my reputation to be saved. And really my future, I'll just have to send her away. Because if I send her away, then, then no one will ever know and then no one could ever talk. You see, Joseph has found himself in a very messy 21st century situation. And like us, when we're in those messy situations, he comes up with a plan. Listen to how the scripture reads. Being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, Joseph planned to dismiss her quietly. I love how the King James read it, and Claire reminded me of this this week. It says, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. You know, I wonder if God laughs when we come up with plans to our messy situations. We make up our minds of how our lives and how the lives of other people are supposed to go. So the scripture reads that just as Joseph had resolved this plan, that he has a dream, he falls asleep, he has a dream, and an angel of the Lord comes to him. And this is what the angel says. The angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. So, okay, we have to stop there. If you are like me and you think of the first words that an angel says to a human, you always think it's, do not be afraid, fear not. And I always assumed it meant that the person was scared of what they saw. So I pictured when I was preparing for this sermon, the reason the angel says do not be afraid is because Joseph is scared of the angel. But that's not what the text says. Listen to what it says, y'all. It says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The thing that Joseph is scared to death of is the messy situation he has found himself in and how it might make him look. Joseph fears losing his reputation. 
Joseph is scared about being the object of ridicule, about being the object of conversation at someone's dinner party, being passed over for certain opportunities because of something that his betrothed had done. And I believe it is this detail in the passage that that is so important for us so that all of us can feel more connected to Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. Why? Because I know that this room is filled with people who know the pain of what it's like to be ridiculed and to be the topic of someone's dinner conversation. I remember back when I had three little children and I think they were like five, four, and two. Any of y'all that have been at that stage know it's it's just difficult and you never eat out you never eat out because you, someone who's already been through this stage is gonna you know, tell you how you need to do it better. And, and so there's this one Sunday and it was a spring afternoon in Atlanta and they behaved at church. They all came home, they all took a nap. And I woke up and I looked at Charlie and I was like, let's go out to eat. And we, we were gonna do it, it was battle. And I said, well, let's go to a place that, you know, we can kind of allow for a loudness. And so we chose Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Harmless. It has to be okay. And so I remember we come in and we sit down at the booth. And then as we're passing the bar, I see there's some video games. I'm like, oh, there's going to be something to keep them entertained. And, you know, there's TVs everywhere. It's very loud. And so they're off doing their stuff. And I, and I look at Charlie's sitting across from me in the booth. And I remember just thinking, oh. We have arrived. And oh, doesn't it feel good to just have a little bit of a break and I'm not having to cook or do dishes. And, and I, I mean, I literally remember thinking fond, just, just being feeling so at peace. And right then and there, this woman who was clearly very, very drunk walked up, walked up next to our table, but we were kind of in the center of the restaurant and yelled at the top of her lungs, are you the parents of those mongrels? And then at that moment, everything crashed. Everybody is looking at us. Everybody's, I'm embarrassed. I'm humiliated in an Emily Wright fashion. I immediately burst into tears, grab the children and run. And in very Charlie Wright fashion as, the, as chivalrous, he begins to follow the woman and find the manager. And y'all, it was so humiliating. And then I remember getting into the car and, and crying and the boys not understanding why we had to leave. It was so painful. Public embarrassment is so incred- incredibly defeating and demoralizing. This is what Joseph fears. This is what Joseph fears. The angel reminds him, do not be afraid of this situation that you and Mary are in. For although it seems so messy, God loves to be in the mess. God is in this. That's what Emmanuel means. And the angel tells Joseph, God is with you. Think about it. Y'all, this happened to Christ himself. It's the night of his betrayal. He's about to lose two of his friends. Peter's going to deny him. Judas is going to betray him. And he goes into the garden and he falls down and he's like, please, Father, take this from me. I don't want this mess. And yet, because of that mess, God shows up in the biggest way that's ever been happened in the entire history of the world. And from that point on, we have redemption. 
We have this opportunity for eternal life. You see, in the mess, God transforms things. Like Kyle was saying, that butterfly started as a little caterpillar, got messy, and then came out to something beautiful. God offers redemption and salvation to the entire world in the midst of a messy situation. So Joseph wakes up from the dream, and they were told he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. You see, Joseph chose to obey. Joseph chose to trust and obey rather than obeying what was appropriate and culturally acceptable. Joseph chose to trust God and not to give in to fearing what others would say or do to him and Mary. Joseph chose to trust that as messy as the situation was, God was with him in the mess. I wonder if Joseph recalled Hebrew scriptures that he had heard since he was a little boy. I will fear no evil, for even when I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Happy are those whose fear is in the Lord. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You, Joseph, are mine. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Emmanuel. So do you find yourself in a mess today? Are you afraid of what others might think if they found out? I am. There is mess in my family. But I want you to know that you are in good company here with Joseph, the human that God chose to be the earthly father of Jesus. You are in good company here in this community, full of people right in the midst of messy situations, but yet we are claiming God with us. May all of us, like Joseph, choose to obey God in the midst of our mess and hear the angel's song to you this morning. Do not be afraid. God is with us. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, the fears just just creep in so cleverly. Whether it's stuff that's going on in our own family, in our own hearts, in our neighborhood, in our minds. God, you, you saddle up right next to the mess and say, I am with you in this. So may all of us feel that presence and feel it so strongly that we are given a renewed sense of hope this day. In Christ's name, amen.